Hey friends, welcome back. Are you ready to create a profitable service-based personal brand and business? Download my brand new workbook and you'll learn my signature six-step process to create a successful business with less hustle and more ease. It's got easy action steps ready to implement into your business immediately so that you can start creating a business that you love. Head over to bit.ly backslash attract and stand out online to download your workbook today. You're listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast created for ambitious, heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships, influence others, and make an impact with everyone they meet. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I'm a mom of four, a wife, a storyteller, dream builder, and a personal branding and business coach. On the show, you'll hear real conversations about what it means to run your own business, what success actually looks like, and how you can overcome obstacles that get in your way. We're growing businesses with less hustle and more ease, transforming your mindset and inspiring you to get moving and to follow your dreams. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back, everybody, to the Attract and Stand Out podcast. I am your host, Darlene Holly, and I am so excited for today's interview with my amazing friend, Marissa. Um, Marissa Raymond is a yoga teacher and family-centered life coach who helps busy parents and children go from feeling overwhelmed and stressed to finding more opportunities to create ease and joy in their work-home balance. And we are in the middle of a pandemic, and we are all home with our children's 20, our children's, with our children, (laughs) 24-7. And I know today's conversation is going to be so valuable to so many of my mamas and my parents out there who are just creating this whole new entire work-life balance, trying to figure out how to work from home, homeschool kids, entertain during summer break. Um, So Marissa, I am so excited to have you on today to chat about this. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to talk to you, Darlene. You know, I love, love, love to talk to you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it just just means a lot to me that you invited me on, so thank you so much. Yeah, I, I knew just with everything going on in the world right now that this is a conversation that so many people need to hear. And the work that you do and how you bring families together and help parents go from that overwhelmed, stressed out struggle to like that Zen place, which is just so happy and joyful. And you do such a beautiful job, I feel, of bringing that together and especially bringing like families together, especially during a time when um, three months ago, families were overwhelmed with sports and school and every activity and, you know, kids were in like three and four different sporting events and parents were go, 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 go. And we've been able to come to this place now, I feel like where we can just kind of breathe and relax and reconnect with the people that are the closest to us, where so many families are so busy all the time, they don't take the time to really have that quality time together. So I'm excited to have you share your story with us. So let's start there before we kind of dive into the fun conversation. Tell us, um, who's Marissa and what do you do? Well, gosh, like, um, who's Marissa? I feel like that's like the existential question that um, I'm always like, who am I today? (laughs) Who do I want to be today? Um, So I am an American. um, I'm originally from New York City. I live in Bordeaux, France. And I think um, that's kind of who I am now. So I I was a genetic counselor in the United States and I loved my job. Um, I worked at a children's hospital in um, with families that were at risk um, or had a child with disabilities and they were looking for a diagnosis and for answers. Um, and so I, I loved working with families and I loved connecting them with resources to kind of adapt to their new normal, right? Um, and when my husband, who's an astronomer, got a job in France, it was also like, okay, like, we'll just try that out. Like, it can't, like, who can say no to, like, moving to France? <laughs> like, let's try that out. We'll see. I'm, like, I'm sure I'll find a job. Um, and if any of your, um, of the people are listening have, like, immigrated um, or have gone to live in another country, you might know, or if you've followed stories of immigrants, like, you move to another country and your like education kind of just gets left behind. So we showed up in France and they were like, oh no, like you have an American diploma doing something really special, like specific. You can't do that here. <laughs> like you need to go get a French version, a French diploma. 
Um, and I had a two-year-old at the time. It was one of the reasons we moved was I was like, my entire salary was going to pay for his childcare, right? So, um, you know, it, it, was, it was sort of like, okay, like these roadblocks are getting put up for me. Um, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna adapt? And my thought was, I will be a stay-at-home mom for a little bit until we decide to, to go back to the States. Um, we sort of had this like three-year plan because in academia, things sort of happened in three years, um, two, to, two to four years. So um, I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Like, I love kids. I love my kid. How hard can it be, right? right. Um, and it was really freaking hard. It was really hard. It was hard because I didn't have a community um, that I could turn to locally for, for support or um, even like childcare. Um, I didn't have friends that, here that I could meet at the park. Uh, I didn't speak the language really well. So I would take my son to the supermarket and then like, be like, where, where do, what, how do you say watermelon? He wants watermelon. I don't know how he said, like, where do I find this? Um, like really just felt like out of control and, and lost. And then of course, like dealing with a two-year-old who's just like, you know, has his own personality and his own thoughts and beliefs and doesn't understand why you don't understand what his thoughts and beliefs are. Yeah. Um, so I quickly learned that that was not, um, that I needed some, like, I needed to go back to work and I needed to figure out what that was going to look like. And so I, again, like just sort of had to experiment, try a lot of things and push myself outside of my comfort zone. And then I had another, um, I had a miscarriage and then I had a, another child here and trying to navigate um, the medical system, again, having come from a background in medical, so I knew how things should work, but it's not how it worked here. I ended up burning out, which is sort of the long story, <laughs> the, short, the short version of the story. Um, really significant burnout um, to the point where the doctor was like, I'm giving you this medication and if this medication doesn't work, I had physical symptoms, I physically could not eat because um, I just got sick, really bad reflux. And she's like, if this doesn't work and you don't eat, we're going to have to hospitalize you. Um, and fortunately, the medication worked, but I got, it was like this wake up call. Like, I know, like I practiced yoga in the United States. Like I self-care, <laughs> like I know self-care. Like, why am I not holding myself to it here? Um, and that was really the wake up call. And so I started getting back slowly into taking care of myself. Um, and slowly, I mean, it's taken time. We've now been in France for 11 years. Um, finally kind of starting to figure out what I can do and to shine my light um, and to create a business that feels aligned with me instead of like experimenting and trying the things and that like people were telling me I could do, doing the things that I want to do. Uh, and so I've started working using my skills as um, a genetic counselor. So bringing coaching in and starting to work with parents who are dealing with that overwhelm and that stress and the how do I, how do I, how do I deal with all? How do I juggle all these balls and still stay sane? Um, and then also like yoga really, practicing yoga helped me get back physically to where I needed to be. But until I took my philosophy, which is find the fun, um, it's a Mary Poppins philosophy, right? Find the fun and the job becomes a game. Until I implemented that in yoga, which came about by doing yoga with my children, um, I really struggled to show up regularly in yoga. And so I was like, well, look at this. Like, the, I have fun teaching yoga when I, with, to my children. Maybe I should go learn to be in, how to be an, a yoga teacher for children. So um, now I get to combine both of those things uh, working with children, working parents and children together in my yoga classes, and then coaching the parents and the families to connect more and to find the fun. Um, and to recognize that, it, you know, how to connect with their uniqueness. That's where my genetic counseling comes in. Um, when we can connect with what makes us unique, like we are all genetically unique and we all have these unique experiences, then we get to show up as parents and in a way that's true for us. That's not, again, that should, like what should I be doing as a parent? Um, and then we get to model that for our children and we get to treat our children as unique beings instead of trying to create mini me's um, or like 
make them be all the things that you don't want to be, <laughs> um, that you feel like you are. So that's, that's who I am in like not five words or less. <laughs> I so love that you bring in that uniqueness and talk about that, how each of us are so unique. I use that obviously in my business. Like when you're growing a business, you can stand out and attract by sharing your unique story and like just showing up and being you. But I think like what you just had said, so many parents try to um, live their life through their children or have their mistakes not happen again through their children. And we put all these expectations on our kids and that's not what they're supposed to be doing. Like they need to create their own path and their own destiny and we can't do that for them. So I love that you help parents kind of pull that back a little bit because like I, I see it all the time. I see it even with myself sometimes like where I'm like, you should do this. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Is that my dream? Is that my goal? Or is that actually what you want? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's totally it. You know, I think when I, I started to notice, when I was doing the personal development work, how many of my patterns mirrored what I grew up in, which I had fought for years. Like I had tried so hard, you know, and my parents were great and they did what they could. They had their own emotional wounds and their own pasts that, um, you know, baggage that they carried with them into parenting. Um, and when I noticed that, you know, oh yeah, my parents were in their mid thirties when they had their second child and like the financial pressure of that and the like trying to juggle it all. And, you know, here I am do like saying I want to be different, but kind of doing this, but doing the same thing and doing it far away from family where like, I, I know from talking to my parents, like that's what helped them was having this community. And now I'm trying to do it without this community. Like what, what am I doing here? Um, it really was this, again, like another another part of the wake-up call was I, I get to break this cycle. I get to rewrite my story. I get to create the life I want to create. And I don't have to repeat what I saw, which, you know, we're going to mess our kids up. Like we, we're going to make mistakes and we're going to sometimes make really, really bad mistakes that is going to cause baggage in our children as they grow up. And if we spend all this time feeling guilty and trying to make up for those mistakes, that energy isn't being invested in actually trying to help our children learn how to be resilient and to handle being around imperfect people. Right? Like if we expect that we're going to be perfect, then we're not teaching our children that they're imperfect people in the world. Um, and so it really, it was this huge weight that got lifted off my shoulders. Like, I don't have to be, I'm still, I, I still struggle with perfectionism. I call myself a recovering perfectionist. Um, Brene Brown's been, <laughs> I read her books like voraciously and like, it's, I notice it now like, oh, there's that perfectionist story coming up and I don't have to follow her <laughs> like down. I don't have to follow perfectionist Marissa down this down, like I don't have to let her lead. Yeah. Um, and, and I notice a huge change in my children, a huge change. Um, as I've started growing, as I've been able to communicate more, as I've started showing up from that place of letting them make their own decisions and their own mistakes and, um, and embracing them. And they're so much happier and so much more resilient and they communicate more with me. Like they want to spend time with me. They're 12 and nine now. Like I know this is not going to last forever, but I feel super grateful that my 12 year old still wants to talk to me <laughs> after and tell me about his day. Um, and I know it's because I've created this with my husband, this environment where they feel that they get to have fun and notice and mess up and not be perfect all the time. Yeah. I so love that. What, what would be like your favorite tip when it comes to creating that type of environment in your home that we can all kind of like use because I know like it's, it's a, it's a hard balance, right. To have fun and like keep boundaries in place and not let our, you know, if we say like the PlayStation needs to be turned off by eight o'clock at night and they're at like eight 30 and they're still playing and like it starts to cause that tension, right. When like the kids step outside the lines for what we want, kind of want to keep them into. So how do we keep it fun? but keep like those boundaries in place as well. 
Yeah, I mean, that's such a great question. And I think it goes back to kind of what you said earlier um, about how like you notice these things come up, right? Like I, I call it the curious George. I, I used to read a lot as a kid and I love movies. So like, that's like Mary Poppins, Curious George, Winnie the Pooh comes up in a lot of my work too. I love it. Like, it's, 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 it's being Curious George about every single day, right? So when you notice that your kids are still awake at 8.30 and they didn't turn off the TV um, or the video games, our instinct is to kind of yell, but why are we yelling? Why are we upset? Like, is it because we expected them to watch a clock? and to know that it's 8.30 or, you know, what, when eight o'clock was. And then it's like, oh, you know what? Like, I don't model that. How many times do I tell them, like, I'll be there in five minutes. I just need to finish this, like typing this, sending this email and the email takes 20 minutes, right? Like we expect them to do things that we don't model. <laughs> um, and, and, and sometimes we blame ourselves for, um, you know, or feel guilty about, but that's it. It's like when we can start noticing and, kind of being like, oh yeah, right. <laughs> like I do that too. And it doesn't mean that there aren't consequences, right? It doesn't mean that you don't say to them like, hey, look, you know, we had an agreement and you violated the agreement. But it means like, instead of like coming from that place of like, of yelling and angry and frustr frustration that they like didn't watch a clock um, or that they didn't, you know, follow the rules when, um, when you don't always follow the rules, it just allows it to like not come up as yelling, yeah. um, to come up in a much more productive way of like, Hey, you know, okay, clearly this isn't this me asking you to turn it off at eight o'clock isn't working. Like, what do you think? Like, should we set a timer? Um, like, you know, my 12 year old wears a watch, like set a timer on your watch for eight o'clock so that, you know, like that helps them. Right. Like, it allows you to bring the conversation to a place where you're solution oriented instead of punishment um, or, you know, anger yeah. um, centered. I feel like so many parents just automatically go to, like, they get upset, they yell, they, like, or I'll speak for myself, like, usually, like, that can be me, especially at nighttime in the evenings, like, I'm tired, it's been a long day. Um, no one's listening. I've asked five times to brush your teeth and no one's brushed their teeth yet. Like it's every family has those struggles, right? Like I know yeah. I'm not alone in this, right? Tell me I'm not alone. <laughs> like every day, every day. But yeah. And especially during lockdown, you know, during coronavirus lockdown when you're home with them all the time, like it's just, you reach your limit so much faster than, than we used to before maybe. Yeah. What are some of the, um, ways that you, as you're with your business then, that you've kind of structured your business to come in and help parents to make these changes and to get them to kind of reflect and realize what's happening? Because I, I when you were talking a minute ago, the phrase, um, do as I say, not as I do, popped up for me. And I know a lot of people struggle with this, especially as parents. Like we set these guidelines and boundaries and we put all these things in place and it's hard to follow through with it sometimes. So what are some of the ways that you work with your clients to help them catch this before they start to have the, like, the yelling and like the upsetness with their kids so that they can make changes? Yeah, I mean, that's such a great question. And I think, you know, I, I totally get it. And I, like, I am not perfect. Like I definitely today, just as an example, this morning, um, we, I had to be at work at nine o'clock um, and at 8.45, the kids came downstairs and they were like, hey, you know, they're on summer break already. And they were like, hey, mom, uh, we've decided we're going to go play baseball. So we need the car. So we're going to drive you to work and drop you off. And I was like, I have to be at work in 15 minutes. Like I'm leaving in five minutes. You just came downstairs and you're informing me of this. Like, okay, like then we need to leave that. Like you completely just changed my like my idea of what the next 10 minutes of my life is going to, 15 minutes of my life is going to be like. Um, and I, you know, and then they went to like get themselves breakfast and my husband started making coffee and I was like, what are you doing? Like, this is not, this was not the plan. <laughs> um, so it's not like I'm hurt, you know, like this never happens. It's not like I never lose my shit. Um, and, um, the very first thing I think is, again, it's just being like, just noticing. It's noticing when, what the triggers are. So for me, you know, I did yell and then 
I'm sitting in the car with them and I was like, okay, I'm still angry about this. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm still angry. Like I'm late for work now and it's because of you. And I could say it in a calmer way. Like I wasn't yelling. Um, but I was able to, to, I, I was, I took that time in the car where I was like kind of steaming and, and I was able to say, right, I'm still steaming and I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to stay quiet about it, which I think a lot of, especially moms, but, but dads too, like, we just get to this place where we're like, I'm not supposed to say this and I'm not supposed to say it in front of my children. Um, and so being honest and open and, and communicating is the first thing. Like, what are you, what do you want to say that you're not saying? And I think maybe even the step before that, so really the very first step that I do with my clients is we talk about your values. Like, what are your values? When you run a business and you put together a business model, you are like, these are the ideal clients I want to work with. This is how I want to show up in my business. This is the kind of person I am. And this is what I love about the work you do. What we were talking about before with authenticity and like, um, you know, in terms of your visibility and your brand and showing up as you, right? There's a whole, there's a bunch of parenting coaches out there, but there's only one Marissa. So how do I show up uniquely as me? Yeah. It's the same thing. Like you do it for your business. Let's do it for your family. Like who, who do you want to be as a parent? Who do you want to be as a partner? Who do you want to be as a person in this relationship? Um, and once you know, like sort of those core values, then like it becomes easier to notice when you start yelling, like, okay, I don't want to be that parent who yells. Why am I yelling? Oh, I'm yelling because like you said earlier, like I told you five times and you're not listening to me. So I don't feel heard. So let me like be heard <laughs> and say like, hey, you guys, I said this five times and you didn't hear me. And it makes it easier to then go into solution you know, mode. Like what do we need to do so you can hear me next time? Do we, I, I'm all about timers with my kids because <laughs> it seems to be working right now. Like, I'm, like I said, my son has this watch and he's all about setting the timer. So I'm like, you know, do we need to, like, do we need to set a timer for brushing your teeth too? <laughs> like, or for reading? Like, what do we need to do? Yeah. Um, but I think it all really does come down to, like, we, you, you, we spend nine months during our pregnancy imagining what life is going to be like as a parent, right? And with your second child or, like, third child, fourth child, how many children you have, like, with each subsequent pregnancy, you still, even if you know what it's like to be a parent, you still spend this nine months like imagining what it's going to be like to be like a parent of this child. Um, but it's all these expectations. And so when the child comes out without a manual, <laughs> without children, <laughs> when the child comes out without the manual, without um, instructions, you don't know their personality yet, all those expectations, you're still carrying them as baggage going into that relationship. Um, when we're able to take that step back like we do in our business and like see the bigger picture, it becomes much easier to find the solution instead of like showing up from that place of you're not listening, you're not like meeting my expectations. Like I thought I was gonna get to drive myself <laughs> like quietly and like listen to my music in the car peacefully with my coffee in hand. Um, you know, it, it fundamentally comes down to that. And I would add like, you know, every, and this message has been coming up for me a lot lately in books that I've read, but also for myself, like we all want to feel worthy. We all want to feel heard. We all want to feel seen. We all want to know we matter. And I think what's happening a lot with being home with our children longer than we had anticipated, um, it's shifting like before you got, like you could come home at, you know, or kids came home from school and sports at like six, seven o'clock, you could have dinner and then they went to bed. You only had to have a short period of time where you weren't heard or seen. And now it's like this whole period, this whole long day of like, you're not listening to me. And so our threshold's lower. Um, but yeah, just connecting with that, like, oh, right. Like, I just want to know I matter. And my kids just want to know they matter. So if I tell them they matter, they're going to tell me I matter. Cause I'm like, they're going to show that there's this recipro reciprocity. Um, 
and I'm going to learn that I matter for myself. I'm going to do the hard work. Yeah. It's freaking hard. It's like, it's, it's all the hard work you do running a business. <laughs> it's that roller coaster. Yeah. And if you have your days where you're up and things are easy and they go smoothly, and then you have those days where you're like, what is happening? How am I going to survive through this? <laughs> like, I don't know if I can handle one more minute of it. So, and yeah. I love that you talked about communication too. Like, I think it's such a, an important thing. And so many times we kind of suppress what we're feeling and we hold on to it and it kind of festers and snowballs. And that's when like that explosion of parenting can come out sometimes. So I love that you brought up just communicating and saying, you know, I am upset right now and I want to talk about this. I need to be heard. I need you to hear what I'm saying. And then being able to comment back and start that conversation. Well, mom, this is why I couldn't do it. Or um, wife, this is why, like, <laughs> like this is. And what here's I the end of that story. So it turned out I actually left my coffee at home, <laughs> and I, which is another thing that happened in the car. I was like, I don't even have my coffee mug with me. Um, and my, so my husband, like, was like, we're we'll drive home, we'll get your coffee mug, and we'll bring it back to you before going to um to play baseball. And they came back with my coffee mug and a card that said, "We're sorry, we made you upset this morning, mom." like on their own without me. And that's what I'm like, I know I like, it was such a moment for me of, yes, it's paying off. <laughs> like the hard work, like, it's like, it's those moments where you're like, it, it's working. Um, those moments that give you confidence, like you said, like the good day of like, okay, this was a really shitty thing, but I was able to speak up. I said what I needed to say and they heard me. And this is like, you know, did I need the card? No, but knowing that they heard me made it like released all the last bits of anger that I was carrying with me. Yeah, sorry, we're no. <laughs> recording this podcast live and um, my youngest is out there really upset about something and his siblings keep coming in trying to help out, but I love it. Um, <laughs> See, yeah. I mean, it's exactly what we're talking about, right? Because it, this is the balance, right? And this is something where like you and I have known each other for several years now. And like, we've had this working relationship where the kids aren't home. <laughs> like we can, we can, you know, talk for however long we want. And then it's like, you have to adapt and adjust. And it's really, there are days where like, you don't hear them. And then there are days where like they're coming every single minute, and um, and that's part of it's part of now what I realize is that fun piece, right? It's like it it's what keep like I can get frustrated about it, and I, I definitely do like I did this morning. And then there are these like right, like this is just life, like this is the roller coaster, this is like the bad moment, this is like the hanging out with like trying to balance these things, and it's going to be okay. <laughs> like it will change. It'll be different in five minutes. Like <laughs> just have to get through this moment. Deep breath. And it, and I love too, like you mentioned, like they brought you a card today to say like, I'm so sorry. Like we love you. And those, like, those are the moments I know as a mom for me, when like it all comes together, you're like, it's so worth it. Like yeah, days are hard and you can have those struggles, but when they come back and they're like, you see that you're raising these amazing little human beings who have like huge hearts and they want to do good for you and for the world. And they just show up and like, I don't know. I just think it's cool that they brought that to you. And like, it was a, it like set a statement, right? Like it could have been an ugly yell, yell out match. And instead it was like this beautiful transformation of them apologizing and coming back and saying like, I still love you. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where, that's where like the, it, it's a, like coming back to those core values, right? Like the, a core value for me is being connected. And so it's something that like when my, if I've yelled at my kids or done something that I feel is out of alignment with who I want to be like this morning, like I will say like, I'm, I'm angry and, or I'm sorry I got angry. I, I'm sorry I yelled. I was angry because, right? Like you, emotions are normal. We all get to have emotions and good emotions, bad emotions. They, they all serve a purpose. How we react is we have more control over. 
right? And sometimes we react from that place of instinct, from that place of defensiveness, and it's not how, it's not aligned with our core value, but it's what we did. So I never say to my kids, or I try, I'm not going to say never, I, ne I try never to say to my children, I'm sorry I yelled at you, but you were driving me crazy or but, right? Like, because as soon as you say that, but you like, you've negated the apology. <laughs> um, and, and I do do it. Like, I'm trying to get better at saying and um, instead of but. What I notice is that, again, the more I show up and the more I do it that way and align with my values, the more I'm creating that space for them to do it as well. Before, and it's part of the reason why we burn out, right? Whether you're burning out because of your business or burning out at home, it's because we're trying to control all these things that we've been told we need to control. Like you, you can't express your emotions. Um, you can't yell when you're angry. Like your kids have to be in bed at eight o'clock or eight thirty, or you're a bad parent. Like whatever. Like we create these stories. Like my kids are never in bed at eight thirty. We create these stories that are. It was one of the good things about moving to France. The side note was like the what time your kids go to bed thing was not like. I was not going to be judged for that here because <laughs> like their time schedule is so different here in France. Um, you know, so, but I definitely had that story growing, like when Owen was born in the U S it's like, Oh my gosh, like if he doesn't get his 13 hours of sleep, like, I, like they're going to know at daycare tomorrow and they're going to judge me for like not putting him to bed at seven o'clock. Like, those things that you carry with you and then you feel bad about it. And that that's the energy that you're putting out into the world. Um, and that you're putting out to your kids and kids feel it, whether they know how to express it, um, whether they know how to handle, like they feel it. Like I can be upset and my kids know, they know, like they will give me a wide berth if I don't talk. I'm a, clearly, I love to talk. So if I come home and I'm not chatty, my kids know something's wrong. Right. And, and I think we all know that. Like we know it about our kids. Yeah. You can tell when their mood's off or when something's yeah. not sitting the right way. Yeah, absolutely. And so, like, if we know that about their moods, we know they know that about our moods. And yet, like, for some reason, we think that, like, we're hiding our emotions by not saying the words out loud. Like, if I, if I put a smile on my face, they're going to know, they're going to think I'm happy. Like, you're smiling, but you're not talking. So probably that smile's fake. Um, and so it's that, right? It's again, it goes back to what you're saying about the authenticity. It's like, it's truly being who you were meant to be and, and showing that you matter, telling yourself you matter, modeling that for your children. So, because they see that as being honest and then they show up in the world from that place of like, I'm being honest. I see, I upset you. I'm going to make you a card because I feel bad about it. I like, and, and I yelled at you and I probably like could have taken a deep breath and counted to 10 had I been in like perfect mom mode, but there's no such thing as perfect mom mode. So instead I yelled, <laughs> like that's what happened. I love that you said that because it made me think that like, I like to put myself in timeout sometimes, like forget putting the kids in timeout. Like mom needs to walk upstairs or out back for a minute and just kind of like breathe <laughs> and like let myself feel what I'm feeling before I respond in a way that I know is not the way that I want to respond to that situation. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, sometimes you can do that, right? Because sometimes you're conscious enough and you notice before, like, the trigger goes off before, the, you know, like, you notice and you can walk away. And sometimes you can't. And so part of, you know, it's funny, like, before coronavirus, um, the offer that I had was about like learning how to like ride this roller coaster of life. Like that was the, like the tagline that I had was like, life's a roller coaster, learn how to enjoy the ride. <laughs> and then coronavirus came and it was like, nobody want, like, this is still a roller coaster, but now we're like, you know, it's a Corona coaster, but like it's a different roller coaster, different Corona coaster than the roller coaster we've before. Like, 
it, we don't feel like, like, so it was like, you know, the roller coaster imagery is like the roller coaster speeding by. Like coronavirus didn't feel like it was speeding by, speeding by, especially at first. It was like, it's a giant stop sign and you just got whiplash. <laughs> like, how do I, how, do, how is this fun? Um, but it's still, you know, it still is part of like that, this roller coaster. So for me and my business, I was able to take the offer, kind of rebrand it. Um, but the components of it are the same, but I had to rebrand it because if I had said like, you're on the speeding roller coaster and like, it's, you're not having, like, it's just life is going by too fast and you want to hit the brakes. Like people are going to be like, are you not paying attention to what's going on around us? Like, um, it's almost now like you're on a ride at Magic Mountain and it stopped mid roller coaster and you're in like a part where there's no getting off and you're not sure what to do. You just have to sit there and kind of hang out until like the world opens back up and the attendant lets you go somewhere. <laughs> totally. It's like something happened in the car in front of you and they had to like hit the emergency brake like while they're figuring it out. I, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's totally it. And I think, you know, um, for many of us, like you sort of alluded to earlier, we really were in this like place where the language that I heard from my clients was like, I just want a break. Like, I can't wait for vacation. I can't like, I need a break. Life is going too fast. Like, um, and then it was like, well, you asked for it. <laughs> Here you, here's your break, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you collectively as a universe, like as a population, global population, we're like, things are speeding and we can't handle this. And we like, we don't know what to do with it. And like the universe is like, and now you have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and you're going to have to deal with it and figure out your problems and, and what, and how you want to go forward. You got to, you know, take apart the roller coaster and figure out where the pieces go and put it back together. Um, and so, and so, you know, again, that's part of the way where I now am at a place where I can laugh about it to a certain extent. And that's not to negate, you know, the horrors that are happening and, um, and, and the devastation. There are these moments where I have to laugh and just be like, okay, like this, like we asked to slow down. Yeah. And now the pendulum is swung over here. And now like, how fascinating and interesting and like we actually do have this ability now to figure out where do we really want to be and where do we want to live because at some point we're going to reopen and here in France we've reopened um for two months now we've been reopened but like there's still this conversation any day like you know we don't have zero cases here we just have few few cases um at any any day, like it can go, it can explode again, and we might have to reconfine. So we're now living in this place of like, do I want to spend my whole life going from deconfinement to reconfinement to deconfinement, or do I want to like find this place where I can dance kind of comfortably between the two and connect my values and work when I want to work and be with my kids when I want to be with my kids and set the boundaries with my children so that I can work at home with them here. So the boundaries with my husband, so I can work at home when he's here. Um, all these things were before it was like, we need to have these conversations, but we can have them tomorrow. Like, now it's like, let's have them now. Let's yeah. do it. The life lessons that I think all of us are learning during this time are such a beautiful thing because we're learning so much about ourselves and how we actually want to live our lives, how we want to run our businesses, what actually matters. What are we just doing because we feel like we should do it, right? Yeah, but like you said, like you have your in your uh, newsletter, like stop, stop shitting yourself. Stop yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's it's such it's a, it's a unique experience. I don't feel like some of the generations before us were able to even experience like they like our world just kept speeding up and speeding up and speeding up, and now we're in a place where we can really identify what's important, do the things that matter to us and stop doing all the fluff and the extra that we feel like we need to do or we should be doing and just focus in on like the bare minimum necessities of what we need and that relationship with our children and with our spouses and our family and growing a business that feels really good to us so can all kind of come together at this point versus feeling like you have to keep going at this like high energy space um you guys all know i don't like the word hustle 
um, like the word hustle like gives my body like convulsions, like it, it stops everything. It feels gross and icky. And it's all about like finding ease and what we're doing and how we're showing up in every area of our life, not just our business, but with our families and our friends and the extracurricular activities we choose to do, like doing it in a way that feels good and not burning ourselves out and being overwhelmed and stressed. So I love the work that you do that you kind of help families find that balance for themselves and they don't have to be on that wild roller coaster ride where the there's no driver, <laughs> like they can actually be in control and drive it. Yeah. I'm curious, what do you feel as a business owner then? What have been some of like the big things that you've had to overcome in your life, in your business? Um, oh my gosh. I mean, there was a whole bunch of mindset stuff, um, which, you know, is still an ongoing daily practice. Yeah. Um, so I think the first one was really like, who am I to even do this? <laughs> Like, this isn't, like, what I, I, like, I don't have a business degree. I'm a genetic counselor. Like, like, who am I to do this, right? Like, um, that was a big, that was a big one. Um, and I think in terms of, like, sort of on a practical day-to-day, -day, absolutely, for me, a big part was, and still is something that I have to, like, be very conscious of, is my routine. So when I, like as a genetic counselor and everything, every job I had leading up to being a genetic counselor, somebody else was dictating my schedule, right? Like you need to be at work at this time. Um, when you work in a hospital, like I had patients that I, like they're, they're scheduled, um, you know, and I, so I was able to kind of plan my day around meetings and clients and bus schedules and when like I needed to be at work and when I needed to be at home to pick up my son from daycare and somebody else was dictating that time oh. but when I became an entrepreneur and even my first couple of jobs here in France I was teaching English and so it was um it was similar it was like somebody else was setting the school was setting the time that I needed to show up to teach the class um when I went full on into my business it was like, wait, like I can show up in my pajamas. I like, I can show up and be like, I'm going to go check Facebook. And four hours later, I'm still on Facebook and haven't like, there's nobody standing over me holding me accountable. Um, so setting routines, staying consistent to the routines, knowing what to do with my time, right? Like, again, it's like as the CEO, I never had to wear a CEO hat. So like I can show up and do a really good job on client call I have confidence doing that. It, I don't like, but social media, like social media was something that really kind of gave me all sorts of like discomfort, um, putting my voice out there, being visible, um, admin stuff. Like I, like my taxes are due tomorrow for second quarter. <laughs> Got to get that done. Um, it's on, it was on the calendar on Monday, but this week, like this week has sort of been a kind of crazy hectic week. So like tomorrow's Friday, got to get it done. Um, so those sort of things like really, um, holding myself accountable to the tasks, uh, that, and the rituals that need to be done in, as a business owner. Um, and I think this sort of ties into both of them mindset, like being willing to fail, to experiment and to like, pick myself up and get like, we talk about this from, you know, it comes from, from Jenny, make it work online. Right. Um, which is where we met. Um, you know, where we met for people who don't know that that's where we met. We met in, in a program called make it work online. And like Jenny always talks about clarity comes from taking action. And that for me was super uncomfortable because I'm the kind of person that like, you know, I have lots of degrees. Like if I, these are the classes that I take in semester one and the classes I take in semester two and after two and a half years, like this is where, you know, like that was all laid out for me. And so that sort of taking a step without and trusting that that step is going to lead me to see what the next step is. Um, and then to also like, I'm going to take the second step. Oh, wait, that did not work out at all. So like now I, I have to go back and take this other step and that doesn't feel really good. Because <laughs> I, So learning how to navigate failure or experimentation was very different as a business owner than as a genetic counselor where like if I messed up in clinic with one patient, 
um, or said something wrong, like I kind of, I knew, you know, how to kind of make up, how to fix it, yeah. or I could try to fix it. It's totally different when it's like your whole business. And you're like, did I just, did I just blow up everything? Like, like yeah. just quit. <laughs> I think so many business owners can relate to that. Like we start our business and like you said, we're used to being told what to do, when to be there, how to do it. And all of a sudden, like we can, we have to make our own schedule and we're like, well, wait a minute, who's going to tell me what I need to like sit down and, you know, do this, this for marketing. And I need to spend this much time, um, connecting with, um, Alliance partners. And I want to be interviewed on podcasts. Like, so when am I going to find time to like reach out to those people? Like we're, we don't have that, that structure. Yeah. Like how many hours did you spend? I know we've talked about this, like procrastinating with your website, right? Like, Oh, my website's not perfect. So I can't put myself out there but I don't really know how to make my website perfect because this image I have of my website is based on the should, like somebody else, somebody else's website and I'm not that person and I don't know how to do that. <laughs> like, and you're just like, and then you go down the rabbit hole of plugins and like all, and you're just like, ah, I don't, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think even stopping, right? And this comes to like, especially when, when you're, when you have like, if you're married or you have a child, if you have children, it is so easy to work 80 hours on your business if like, because there's always more to do. And so like, you know, on top of like, what am I going to spend my day doing? Like, when am I going to stop? Like, when's enough enough? <laughs> What's enough to do today? And I love this. One of the things I've learned from you, like, you know, really setting like these small tasks, these goals, like breaking the goals down into smaller tasks and being like, this is, this is my, this will be a win. Like if I get this done this week is a win. If I get to this done today, today is a win. Like I, instead of being like, I need to do, I need to be making a million dollars and I haven't even like put myself, my website out there. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's showing that you have to do the work. You have to take the steps. You have to do the things that matter. And it doesn't have to be an 80 hour work week. We have like so often, most of the people I talk to, like we're doing tons of things that are not even activities that are going to get us business or going to help us grow our business. It's just that, that busy work that yeah. we're doing that we, it makes us feel good because we're like, Oh, I worked, you know, a full eight hours in my office today. And when you sit back and look at your schedule, you're like, well, I didn't do anything that was actually productive or that was going to be a lead generator for me and right. my business. And that's why I'm so big on like scheduling it out. Like if you have to have 10 hours of marketing on your schedule. How are you going to market your business this week? Because if you don't get really clear and specific on what you're going to do, you'll do everything, but you'll be like, Oh, I should look at my finances again. I should um, clear out my business cards that I have from that last networking event, or I should organize the, the, the pantry, anything right to avoid doing like the hard work, which is marketing your business. And that's where your business grows from. That's when you get to actually, live the life that you want when you don't have a hobby <laughs> you have an actual business that's income producing and able to help you make an impact in the world and give back in all the ways that we want to and i love what you like what came up for me when you said that about like scheduling in the 10 hours of, of marketing um is we never do that with our family right like so it's another way of where we sort of have we the way when we connect with our values what we find is that the values that we have and how we show up in our business are often the values we have and how we show up in the world and how we show up in our family, right? Like you're not, you don't have completely a completely different set of values in your business than you have in your personal life. So if you're setting those boundaries for yourself around work time in your, in your business, like this is my marketing time and I'm going to hold myself accountable to this. What, like, are you doing that in your life? And I don't mean like, I'm going to spend 10 hours with my kids at like two hours a day, right? Like, but like, am I setting those boundaries with my children and being fully present with them when I'm there? Or am I like on my cell phone, you know, on Facebook while I'm like, they want me to be playing a board game and with this kid and this, and I told this kid I'm helping him with his homework and you're actually doing three things and none of them well. <laughs> um, and that's when the kids start acting up. And that's, you know, because they, again, they know you're not paying attention. Like, they're smart. They're not dumb. They're like, you're not, you said you're going to pay attention to me and you're not paying attention. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a really good 
measure too. Like, am I, am I being authentic and true to my values across the board? Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's so true. I know from my, just from myself, if I'm really clear on my work boundaries and I get my job done, like I try to work 25, sometimes 30 hours a week tops. Like that's like the max that I allow myself to work in my business. If I'm really clear and structured in that, then it opens up the door for me to actually have that valuable time with my family. But if I, if I don't schedule out my week and it's not really planned well, and I don't have any organization to it, that's when like what you were just describing, like I'm trying to work while I'm trying to like play a game with the kids and I'm trying to make dinner and I'm on Facebook making posts at the same time. And that's where those boundaries get like all kind of squirrely, right? Like there's that gray area and, and you're not good at any of it. Like I'm not showing up how I want to for work. I'm definitely not showing up for my family in the way that I want to. And that's like, for me, that's why I have my own business. It's because I wanted to be home with my kids and I wanted to have more time to spend with them and not having to work. I mean, my background is retail management. I was working insane hours, all kinds of different shifts and I missed so much. And so if I'm not diligent now about putting my schedule, um, very, I won't say strict, but like very, um, regimented and like, I know exactly what I'm doing each day. If I don't do that, then I don't get what I like my whole reason for starting my business and my why for my family doesn't get to come out and that messes my values all up. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then like, and it's this, it's this cycle, right? Because if you're, if you're, when you feel out of alignment, you feel frustrated or, and angry and bitter and all these like uncomfortable feelings that you don't want to feel. And instead of dealing with them, you like try and push yourself into like push through them and like, and you lose confidence. And so you stay like deeper and deeper into that cycle. And it becomes like this tornado of, of, you know, not being productive and not being fully present with your family. And you're like, I just suck at life. Like, what? like why am I, why do I exist? So, um, you know, it, it is, it's like, again, and it's not like, it's not like you're going to feel that way every single day of like, yes, I'm in alignment. The more you can feel in alignment, the more you have energy to do those things that you don't want to do to like, and like, I'll be honest, like I even wrote a blog post about this the other day. Like my son asked me to do something to like, to be with him, like be present with him doing an activity that I did not want to do. Right. But like, I wanted to be present with him, but I didn't want to do that activity. And the old me would have been like, push myself through, like not, not ex communicate and say, I don't want to do that. Right. And like, and then I would have been frustrated and then he would have been frustrated. And then I've been like, Oh, I'm just going to go work. Cause it's work is easier. Like I have more control there. And so seeing the new me and like, and seeing where I am now and, and how I shifted and was able to say to him, like, you know what, like, I really want to spend time with you. I'm not actually interested in doing this thing that like you're proposing. Like, how can we, like, what can we do? Cause I see that that's what you want to do and I want to be here with you. So how can I play a role in what you're doing with that? Like, I'm you know, <laughs> having to, you know, I'm the bet, like he wanted to do a computer programming and I was like, that's awesome. I don't really want to learn computer programming right now, but I want to support you in this and I want to be here. So like, what can we do together? And he was like, Oh, well I actually created this thing. And, um, it's actually kind of meditative. Like what it, like, you could put music to it and share it with your clients. And I was like, let's do that together. Like you like iMovie, like, and we spent 30 minutes on iMovie putting together this video. Yeah. So it was really, really nice. And it was because I was able to say like, you know, I don't want to get frustrated. I know where this is going to go if I follow the old pattern. Yeah. I, I love that you turn the pendulum on that, right? Like it could have been like you either grumpy because you did something you didn't want to do and you're not having fun and, your kids know when you're not doing something that you actually want to be doing, right? Like you're kind of like yeah. grumbling through it. Um, but so I love that you just turned it around and like said, well, how can we do this together in a different way? Or what else can we do that we actually both want to do and enjoy it? Because we don't want to put ourselves in situations where we're not having fun. We're not doing things we want to do. Like there's nothing worse than like doing an activity that you are having no fun at it and you don't want to do it at all. And you're just miserable the whole time. When if you shift it just a little bit and make it fun, for both of you, like that's when like you can really bond and connect. Yeah. And I think to that point, like one of the things that I do with my clients, I, because of my background in genetic counseling and studying like 
child development is like, I, I understand the developmental phases that the kids are going through. So when we, when I talk with clients, it's like, okay, where are your kids at developmentally? Like what can they do and what can they not do? Like, it, it's easy for me to say like, well, my 12 year old wanted to do this. And I was like, no, so I can have this community, you know, I can communicate with him. Like I could, I, that's not the conversation I would have with a three-year-old, right? Like, or I wouldn't go over the same way with a three-year-old, but like understanding where a three-year-old is and how I can show up and, and be heard with a three-year-old allows that same, like the same result. So like with a three-year-old, maybe it's like, you know, what can we do for the next 10 minutes? Or like, you're, you're going to say, this is, this is the only thing you want to do. You don't like, you're stuck in this. Like, I don't have empathy yet. Like I haven't learned it. This is what I want to do. And I don't understand why you don't want to do it. Like, okay. Like I have to meet you where you are. Cause you're three. Um, but I can do that for 10 minutes and I can say to you, like, I'm going to set a timer again, all about timers. I'm going to set the timer for 10 minutes and I will do this thing that you want to do. And then mommy's got to go do something else. And then I'll come back to you. Right. Like, so for those 10 minutes, like they get that full attention because they don't have an attention span a lot in 10 minutes anyway. <laughs> like They're happy for that. So it like, that's one of the things that I think, you know, I, again, I like people who are hearing that, who are listening and are like, Oh, well, it's easy for you to say, cause you have a 12 year old and he can communicate and rationalize like, yes. And that doesn't mean you can't do it with a kid who is developmentally in a different stage. Um, you absolutely can. It just means having the conversation and communicating differently. <laughs> it's just a different, a different way you have to present it. Right. Like, and that's yeah. every, every situation in life. Like you might, whether it's with a colleague, a client, a family member, like you have to put that expectation out there and be willing to say what you need and what you want. And you might, you might have to say it differently than you would from one person to the other, but it's important to have those conversations so that you can get the support that you need and you can show up as your true authentic self because you don't have to be someone you're not. <laughs> yeah. You just show up that way. So I could talk to you all day, Marissa. I know. I was just like, well, we've been going for a while. <laughs> so I want to kind of wrap it up and I love to do rapid fire questions towards the end of our interview. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions just to get to know you a little bit better. Um, tell us if you have a morning routine and what it is. So I have a morning routine, but I don't always practice what I preach. So my morning routine is um, I get up, I have, um, I come into my office space and I turn on music and I do um, some writing or co like coloring, um, something kind of cre more creative, um, just to clear my energy, feel good. And I usually try and end that by, um, this is new. So I just started this week asking myself the question of, what do I need to do today? What needs to get done today? Um, so that I can sort of finish that creative process and clear out my brain and then be like more instinctually, right? This is the thing that's in alignment for me to do today. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome because I, I love that you take it from that creative state to like the actionable state. Like you don't yeah. just stay creative. I mean, you could stay creative. That's always fun too. But like you take it to that next level. Like, okay, now that I've had time to, you know, relax and, find my happy space. <laughs> How, what am I going to do for the rest of the day? Yeah. Cause I'm different from you in the sense that like, I, like I have my hours in the day, but I can't plan out my whole week. Um, I, like I'm, I, I have more of this like flow of like how, how do I feel energetically today? Yeah. Um, and so doing it this way where it's like, before I used to just show up at my desk and say like, okay, what do I, what do I have to do today? And I was so, there was so much anxiety there yeah. around like, I don't know. And what if I pick wrong? And so that cre being creative first and like, um, somebody was telling me to dance. I haven't, I have a, like a trampoline, so I might shoot trampolining <laughs> instead yeah. of writing, but like something creative where I'm out, get out of my head, then the answer just comes so much more easily. Yeah. I love that. One of the things I've been doing um, especially now with the pandemic and being home all the time is like in the morning, I like to get my coffee and I like to go in the backyard and just kind of walk around and like to look at my plants and check on things and just kind of be outside and the outdoors. It's always like that cool morning crisp um, yeah. air and it's just, it sets my tone for the day in a, in a different way than it ever has before just by like stepping outside and stepping into nature versus yeah, like, I love that you're like grounding yourself in nature. Yeah. 
that being outdoors is definitely one of my my happy my happy places and it's always so relaxing so speaking of happy places I'm curious what is your happy place like when you need to like kind of come back to your center and um, calm where where do you like to go or what do you like to do for that um so like you mean if I like close my eyes and kind of visualize myself in my happy place or right. like physically in my house where's my house like what do you like to like for me like the happy like one of my happy spots is going to the beach like just going oh. away what's your happy spot like if you and obviously right now times are a little bit different but if you could do that thing what is that usually for you my happy spot is usually picking up the phone and calling or zooming with somebody um it's connecting so um but that being said when i like if i need to go to a calming happy place to kind of clear my energy i go to the beach like in my head <laughs> um we live like an hour from the beach but it's like a little bit too long to get there. but i tend yeah like it's totally the beach awesome who has been the biggest influence in your life? Oh my gosh. Um, I, my first caretaker, her name was Peggy and she ran, she was a teacher at the daycare center that I went starting at nine months. And then um, she became the director and I worked there as a teenager um, and through college. She was the, like my second mom, right? She's the mom that you can, that's not your mom. So you can tell her anything <laughs> and like, and feel fully unconditional, like full unconditional love. Um, she's, she's the reason why when there was chaos at home, I didn't feel like I, she was my happy place. Like I didn't feel like I got stuck in the, in that energy. I had a place I could go. Um, and she always like lit up when I'm, she saw me. So it was like, oh, like I've made, I've made somebody happy <laughs> just by, just by being, I matter. If she was the person that made me like feel like I matter. Um, she, yeah, massive influence in my life for that re like just watching her with children. She, what she said to me when I was a teenager, um, she used to talk, or I heard her say that discipline comes from the word disciple. So it's not about spanking or yelling. It's about teaching. Mm -hmm. And that has always been, I've always held that dear. Um, and even before I had kids, like it was, um, like I would share that with clients when I had kids, it was, it's the model I try, try and live by. Yeah. And that the ultimate goal is to teach and to lead and not to punish and, um, and demean. Yeah. I love that you learned that at like a younger age and how it's impacted your business today and kind of how you're, you structure things. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's cool to look back at, um, our lives and see like where those pieces come from that turn us into who we are today and like which pieces stick and we use and which ones, you know, we toss to the side and never even remember again. So I love when there's like those special people in our lives who make that big influence and big impact. And it like has a, 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 its own legacy in its own way that, that just continues to carry on. Yeah. Right. And my last question for you is if you could travel anywhere, where would you go? Um, oh, that's such a good question. Um, I really, this is my genetic counselor. I, the Galapagos Islands for me has always like just been a place I've wanted to go. Um, and has always, it's never felt out of reach. It's always felt doable. So it's like number one on my bucket list, the Galapagos Islands. Probably should get there quickly because it's probably not gonna be there for that much longer. Um, but yeah. Yeah, pack our bags, let's go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we should have a, like a retreat in the Galapagos Islands. I don't know if that's possible, but like. <laughs> I don't even know anything about it. <laughs> Just the fact that you want to go makes me want to go with you. So it would be amazing. <laughs> it's where Darwin did all of his research on like um, natural selection. It's like, and so like for geneticists, it's like the, it, it's got amazing biodiversity and like all these species that only exist there, like the Galapagos tortoises, like these, you know, 200 year old tortoises, um, iguanas, like all sorts of marine life. And it's just like, and, and life and plants and it's just like oh yeah and it's like the middle of the ocean off of ecuador sounds amazing yeah i'm in <laughs> <laughs> well 
Well, Marissa, this has been so fun. Can you tell our listeners how they can connect with you? Where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can find me on my website, marissaraymond.com, one R, one S. Um, and uh, I'm on social media, MZR Coaching, and um, on Instagram, marissaraymond77. And um, I created those all in different times of my life, which is why they don't line up. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's where you can find me and it would, I'm so looking forward to connecting, uh, with people through you, Darlene, because your people are amazing. So I, I know you're amazing. So you're, I know your people must be amazing. So it'd be amazing to connect. Thank you. Yes, they are amazing. And I know you have a special gift for everybody that's listening as well. Can you tell us what that I is? I do. For any, I have, um, I would love to offer a free 30 minute laser focused coaching session where we really hone in on, I was talking about like, what are your values? Um, so that we can help you find that balance between work and home and aligning with who you want to be and how you want to show up and make things more easy and fun. Awesome. Thank you so much, Marissa. It's been absolutely a pleasure to talk with you. I, I just love the fun that you bring to your business. Um, comes out in so many areas, not just in your personal life, but in your business life. And it's such a, an um, honor to be on this journey with you. Oh, I am just so grateful that we connected and yeah, you like getting to talk to you every Monday, even if it's my Monday evening and your Monday morning, because um, we have our weekly calls on Monday. It's just like, it's just sets like my energy for the whole week. So I, I love being on this journey with you too. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love the show, leave a review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean the world to me. As a special thank you, I want to offer you a free gift, my Uncover Your Niche workbook and video training that helps you become unforgettable to your audience. You can sign up at darlingholly.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, have an amazing week and we will talk soon.